Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Uh, today's message is titled, Back in Order, Back in Order. Interesting um, title because right now, much is not in order and much has not been turned back on. Everything seems to still be turned off. Um, we're still called to stay home and, and to distance ourselves and all that. But yet, though the land may give one instruction, it's awesome because when we hear from God, the Lord may be giving a whole other instruction. And I want to share a message titled Back in Order. And I hope it blesses you and you can see where we're going and where we're coming from when it comes to this. You know, moments like the ones that we are in, it tells a lot about us, these kind of moments. It speaks about who we are. And um, it reveals things about myself during moments like this. What it does is it digs to the deep parts of who we are and it brings it out to the open. And I'm sure most of you listening to me know exactly what I'm talking about. Where this whole shutdown and, or, 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 or social distancing and this whole awareness of this COVID-19 and all that, I'm sure it's brought some things out into the surface that were deep in you. Some things that you knew were there and some things that have surfaced that you're like, man, those are things I got to deal with. And difficult moments uh, bring forth some of these things out in the forefront to really, uh, that we'll be able to look at ourselves, engage ourselves, and see who we really are and what we're really doing. What it does is it reveals the good and the bad in us. I know it does in me. It shows us what we're capable of. And... It could also show us the things that we worry too much about. Sometimes it's uh, worrying about things that we have no control of. And it doesn't mean that we're not cautious, but it just does something, these moments that we're in. It really deals with our faith. It really deals with my heart. It really deals with my relationship with God and where I'm at. And it deals with who I am as a human being, who I am as a friend, as a brother. Um, and, And it just speaks to us. You know, ask yourself some of these questions as you're home throughout the weeks and throughout the days and weeks and however long it goes. But in these last two weeks, have you seen yourself grow more in compassion? Or have you seen yourself uh, maybe grow more irritable where everything just bothering, you're lacking faith, everything is just, just, just really put yourself in that place and measure yourself. Have you leaned more on scripture, the promises that he speaks over us? Or have you numbed yourself of hearing from God? You know, last week we got together and we spoke about God and he was gathering the families. And that's what he's doing. He's gathering the families. And, and really, today's conversation goes a little bit more in what we were speaking about last week. It kind of continues in that. It, it's not uh, exactly the same words. It's not exactly the same passages. But it's pretty much, it's all related because it's, it's where we're at. It's what God's speaking to our hearts. And God is gathering the families, we said last week, and he's bringing us back home. And he's preparing to take us to places that our eyes have not yet seen. And I'm believing that. I'm believing that for myself, for all of us, for our church. 
But he's calling us back home, and we said what? To put our house in order. Today's message is titled, Back in Order. Last week I said, he's calling us home to put our house in order. And I want you to write this down, and I want you to think about this. That moments of disorder, moments of disorder have a way to surface the disorders in our life. Right now, our world is in disorder and, and, and we're uncertain and, and things are, are just a little crazy right now. But sometimes when our surroundings becomes as such, it surfaces the disorders in our very own personal lives. So what, what happens now? What, is, what are most of us doing? What are we doing? What are we looking at and focusing on differently? Just think about that for a moment. Now we're looking at our finances differently, aren't we? Because this thing hit us and we're like, whoa, what have I been doing with my money? What have I been doing with my finances? So now we look at finances. There is no way that you're looking at finances the same way today than you were a month ago. We're looking at finances differently. We're looking at our families differently. How do I know you're looking at your families differently? Because you're spending every single minute of every single day together. Trust me, you're looking at your family differently. You're looking at marriages differently. You're looking maybe even at your own church differently. Our church, the, maybe you're, you're looking at us and you belong to another church and you don't belong to a church yet. Or maybe you belong and you're part of this family, Nest Church. And, and you're looking at even our very own church, Nest Church differently. Maybe a ministry that you were involved in or, or some sort of um, activity that you do um, to help hum- people, to help children, to help the sick. I don't know, something that you do as an aid work or something. You look at that stuff differently. You're looking at friendships differently, probably. You're looking at your jobs differently. You're looking at businesses differently. I believe that many of us are looking at our health differently because of this. Have I been taking care of myself? Am I healthy? If this thing comes into my house, am I ready to go against this thing? Will I overcome it? Will I succeed? Will I be victorious? If I get sick, am I healthy? And many of you have thought about that. Have I really paid attention to my health so that if I were to get sick, will I be okay? We're looking at our health differently. There is no way, just like finances, that you're looking at your health today the same way that you were looking at your health two months ago. We're looking at our health differently. You almost look at this and you could say, wow, through such a heartache and a pain, it could also be such a blessing. We said that last week. And we're asking ourselves, now that everything has paused on us, everything has paused on me, we say this now, how have I been doing in all of these things? Some of the things that I just mentioned, how have I been doing? How have we been doing on some of these things? For many that we've seen that we're handling our money wrong. And this situation that we're in has really revealed to us when you come out of it the way you deal with your money and handle your money is going to change and you're right there and you're looking at the screen you're like amen i know god's speaking to me maybe to some they took their health for granted and you know that when you come out of this the way that you treat your body and your health is going to change for some it's the very church that you attend the family that god has added you to and added unto you you're going to appreciate it so much more going forward. Listen, I, I miss, those that belong to Nest Church, I miss all of you guys so much. I, I wish we could just all just come together and just hug every single one of you. When we open these doors up and we see each other again, we're not going to take those hugs for granted. 
we're going to really, and it's only been two weeks or whatnot. Imagine how much longer this may go. We're not going to take each other for granted. When we see each other, we're going to hug each other. and We're going to love each other a little bit more. And hopefully it plays out for the rest of our lives that this would be a reminder. And God is really surfacing some things deep within us of what we're doing and what we're not doing. Hopefully you could say amen and yes, Lord, that's me. You're talking to me. Maybe some of us are noticing the importance to love and to give attention to what, what's most important. Maybe like your family. Some of you guys, you have no choice, but now you're playing board games with your children. And, and you're playing, watching movies and you're baking stuff. And you're, you're doing all kinds of things that maybe you never had time before. And now God is showing you this is what's very important in your family. So, so ask yourself this. Have you noticed your very own personal disorders surface in your life? That God is really wanting to come and bring it back into order. What, import, what an important season that we are in. I believe that. We are in such an important season. A season of reorganizing, prioritizing. Uh, we're we're prioritize, prioritizing our lives and what's important. So that we can live... We can live in his image here on this earth. And, and, and I know I, we said this and everyone is saying this and everyone's joking about it. And, and we could joke about this, but it's serious. You know, we're never going to look at toilet paper the same way. We really aren't. It, it, that's just going to change. You know, like, wow, you know, such a thing that we took for granted. It's so valuable today. But, but even with the whole toilet paper, paper scandal, listen, moments like that really shows us ab- about humanity. You know, do we take these moments that we're in and do we make it all about ourselves, about us? Or we could grab these moments that we're in and we could use this opportunity to show the world who we are, who we got, and what we'll do. In Luke chapter 10, we we studied this and I want to kind of just remind us on this. Jesus reminds us that there was a certain man. There was a certain man and he was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. This is the story of what we would call the Good Samaritan. And as he's traveling from Jerusalem to, Je- to Jericho, it says he fell among the thieves and he was robbed and he was left to die on the side of the road. It says first the priest came and, and, and then right after the priest, the Levite comes sometime after. And both the priest and the Levite, they come down the same road where this man was robbed and left to die. And as they're traveling down the same road, they see him and they see this man in need. But yet, as he's in need, he's begging for life. They are moved. They they are not moved. They have no compassion whatsoever. And what do they do? Scripture shows us that they cross over to the other side and they ignore the pain. They ignore the brokenness. They ignore the hurt and the need of this man. But then, sometime later, a certain Samaritan starts to travel on that same road. And instead, the priest and the Levite, where they didn't show compassion, this certain Samaritan, he shows compassion. So, he goes to where this man in need is. And what does scripture tell us in Luke chapter 10? Luke chapter 10 tells us that, the, the great Samarit- that this man, this great Samaritan, takes him he bandages his wounds he pours oil and wine and he sets him on his own animal he brings him to an inn and he takes care of him and I, and, I, and you know you read that and you say man come on as sons and daughters of god we may be living in the greatest moment of our lives 
like pause for a moment and say, wait a minute, who am I? What is happening around me? And why is God having me living in this specific time? It may be the greatest moment of our lives. To what and for what? Well, to reach out, to lend a hand, to show compassion, to demonstrate the heart of God to a world that desperately needs it and are what? Are ready to receive it because of the season that we're in. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity because it takes you out of your own safety. I mean, think about this man that is traveling on this road. He could have easily said, uh, I don't know. What if this guy is, is, is it's, it's just a trick and he's put here as a decoy. And maybe by me attending him, they're going to come and they're going to rob me. He, he stripped away his safety. He stripped away his comfort. He stripped away his, his belongings and he gave it and he gave even more. Listen, don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss it for once because it takes you out of your safety or because it removes you from your comfort zone or it takes you out of your own plans. Don't miss the opportunity. Listen, we should be in prayer. Yes, we should be watchful in this time, but we should also be excited and expectant because there's a harvest and the Lord of this harvest is looking to see who will be the laborers that will rise up and be sent to reap in his great harvest. And I believe that. I believe that there's a great harvest. We read of this in Matthew chapter 9. And all throughout scripture, we see that in the life of Christ, we see Jesus is constantly operating in compassion. It sounds weird saying that like that. He's operating in compassion. Because it's something that he didn't, it, it wasn't like an on and off switch for Jesus. It was who he was. It was part of his being was to be a man that was filled with compassion. God on earth, compassionate upon humanity. And in Matthew 9, we, we see something that is very important. And I'm going to read from verse 35 to verse 38. It says this. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages. And he was teaching in their synagogues, and he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and he was healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, verse 36, he was moved with compassion for them. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Well, what are the multitudes that he is seeing? Remember, he's in the synagogues, he's preaching, and what is being presented to Jesus? Who is being brought to Jesus? He's coming and he's what? He's healing every sick and every disease among the people. And he sees the multitudes of people continuing to come in every single synagogue that he's sharing at. And they continue to bring the sick, the diseased, the demon-possessed. And it says that he's moved with compassion for them. But look what verse 36 says. Because they were weary and scattered and like sheep having no shepherd. Verse 37 says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in his harvest. 
Just think about this passage. Think about the scenery. Jesus is preaching from city to city, village to village. And as he's preaching from city to city, village to village, crowds, multitude of people are being brought to him. He's praying for people. He's healing the sick from their sicknesses, diseases, casting out demons. He's moved with such compassion because he's looking at the crowds of people that are thronged around him in every village and every city. And the reason why he's moved with such compassion is because they're weary, they're scattered, and they're like sheep having no shepherd. I believe it meant more about their spiritual condition than it actually does about their physical condition. Yes, I'm healing the sick and the disease and I'm casting out demons, but what breaks my heart, what moves me with compassion for the multitude is there are sheep that have no pastor, have no shepherd. They're weary and they're scattered. It's almost like they're just tossed to and fro. They go wherever the next wave is. They go to the next and he's moved because they're lost. It's a multitude of people that are not just physically sick and lost, but spiritually sick and lost and I understand like what an amazing moment this is and he looks at his disciples and he says hey do you guys see what's happening here look at the multitude yeah they're all sick man good job keep keep praying you know we have a lot more to go keep praying and keep laying hands and and keep doing uh what you're what you're doing, and, and he pauses and he teaches the disciples something in the midst of all of this. And he says what? The harvest truly is plentiful. There is a harvest, and man, it's ready to, to be received. We need reapers, we need those to reap from the harvest. But he says the laborers, those, those that are going to go out and receive from the harvest, those are few. There's many that are out there, but those that are willing to go out are few. So pray for the pray to the Lord, the Lord of the harvest. What do we pray, Lord? Listen to what he says, to send out laborers into his harvest. I believe that in the midst of what we're going through, God is going to start showing us a great harvest. And as he shows us the great harvest, man, let's be in prayer that the laborers would start rising up and that they would enter into the harvest field and receive the harvest of the Lord. I believe that deep in my heart. If not, I wouldn't be sharing this this morning. And listen, I understand that, that the numbers of those sick may grow, and the number maybe of the dead may grow, and the hospitals may no longer assist patients. And, and, and I get it that there may be certain shortages in the days, weeks, months to come. But if you're watching this, whether you come to our nest or you're just checking us out, watching, listening in for the first time, I can't sit here and ignore. I can't stand before you and just ignore this. Instead, I I come before you and I ask you to gauge the climate that we are in. And notice, notice this, that Jesus is involved and that he is doing something. Listen, work has, well, for many of us, right, work may have stopped, schools may have closed, restaurants and other activities may have shut down, but not heaven. Not heaven. All of earth can shut down, but heaven will never be shut. 
Heaven cannot be shut down. And though everything looks like it stopped, closed, and shut down, not heaven. God is still working. Heaven is still falling on earth. Jesus is still saving. Holy Spirit is still being poured out. The church is still alive and more alive than ever before. We're being made more alive. And I tell you, do not lose heart. The doors will reopen again. And when they, will, when they reopen, whenever it is that the Lord says they will reopen, the fields will be ready for the harvest. The fields will be ready for the harvest. Will the laborers be ready? Think about last week's message. He sent you back home. Prepare yourselves. Why? The doors will open. And when the doors open, there is going to be a field. And there needs to be laborers that are going to come out of their homes. And they're going to reap the benefits of that harvest. I'm willing to take that on and say, Lord, that's what you're calling me to. That's what you're calling us to. We're going to be ready for the harvest. Listen, two weeks ago, you may have joined us. And we did a, a, a digital gathering, we, a more a Nest More digital gathering. And it's for individuals that are going in and say, I know God's called me to more. And, and that group grew when we did that digital gathering and, and we spoke and God really spoke something into our hearts that day. And we got together and if you remember, we spoke about Nehemiah and we looked into the book of Nehemiah as the Lord led us into Nehemiah. And we saw that the significance of his life and his story is current uh, it, it's, it's, it's something that blesses us in our current day. It's something that speaks to us in our current day. And, and I kind of want to get into that real quick. It was a time where the walls, and you can study the book of Nehemiah, all of it if you want. We, we, we won't get into all of that now. I just want to kind of get into the surface of this. It was a time where the walls of Jerusalem were burnt and destroyed. And the Jews that were there were defeated they were in distress. If you, if you study the book, you'll, you'll recognize that were, they were left without hope. And Nehemiah, who is not in Jerusalem, he's not in Judah during that time, he's moved with the news as he receives it about the condition of his people. And his heart is just broken. He goes into fasting and prayer and he goes to seek the Lord. And, and, and he's moved with compassion for these people who are left without hope and who are left defeated. And we see something click in the heart, in the life, in the spirit of Nehemiah. I, I want to make sure you, you write this down. I said it earlier. I don't know if you caught it, but I want to emphasize it. During difficult moments, we see what people are made of. We see what people are made of. And, and, and you're recognizing within your very own families, you see within the church, you're seeing what leadership looks like during difficult moments. You're seeing what, what, what we're made of during these times of crisis. And, and what can we do? We could sit back and, and maybe let's like, oh my God, let's just wait till this thing blows over. Let's see what happens. Or we can move forward in what God is calling us into. So we look at the life of Nehemiah, and at this time, he was not in Jerusalem, right? But he was serving as a cupbearer under the Persian king, Artaxerxes. And, and he comes up to Artaxerxes, and he tells him the situation that he's in. And Artaxerxes gives him permission as a king to go. Nehemiah, you're able to go and help the Jews in Judah who are left there hopeless. And we see in Scripture... Um, as well as Jesus' ministry in the New Testament, he would look at crowds like the one that we just read. And as he would look at crowds, he loved them and he would look at them and he would see them as a sheep without a shepherd. 
So Nehemiah leaves um, Artaxerxes, <clears throat> the king of Persia, and he takes a journey back to Jerusalem. And as he steps into the city he loves with the people he loves, he sees them in the same way that Jesus sees the multitude in the crowd. And how does he see his people? He sees them as a sheep without a shepherd. A multitude without a leader. A group without someone saying, hey, this is what the word of the Lord says. And I, and, I, and I think about Nehemiah, I think about Jesus in the story that we just read. And I say, well, how about us? We are the generation that he is lifting up to look at the multitudes and show them a shepherd worth following. Write this down. <clears throat> because a sheep without the shepherd are sheep being led to the slaughter. A sheep without the shepherd are sheep being led to the slaughter. So are we, the church, during this time, during this moment, during this age, are we being lifted up before the multitudes to show them a shepherd that is worth following? And Nehemiah does exactly that. You guys are all going to die. Your walls have fallen. Your walls have been burnt down. There is no man here that is going to rise up and build it. He comes Back to Jerusalem, and he's moved with such compassion. And what does Nehemiah do? What does he become? Nehemiah's life, Nehemiah's leadership, Nehemiah in person, full effect, right before the people he loves, he becomes their hope in their hopelessness. He becomes hope to the hopeless. We, we studied this when we went over this two weeks ago. The name Nehemiah means the Lord comforts. And like Jesus, Nehemiah, like Jesus, gives up his high position under the cupbearer of the king of Persia. To now become a servant to the people of Judah. To reach a people in their struggle. It reminds us of Jesus. Like Jesus, he comes to accomplish the mission that God has put in his heart. Nehemiah, like Jesus, his goal was to restore, was to bring restoration to a land and to a people that were destroyed, that were broken, and that were defeated. Listen, it was not easy for Nehemiah, but what did he do? He went forward and he still did it. And we are a people that I believe that God is calling us during this time to rise up, and we're going to be called to bring forth restoration. And it's not easy, it won't be easy, but we go ahead and we do it. And Nehemiah goes and does it. He went on. He kept going. Listen, if you study the, the life of Nehemiah through his book, you'll notice that <clears throat> he was opposed. You'll notice that Nehemiah was attacked. You'll notice that he was spoken ill of. He was lied about. He was wrongly accused. But nothing was going to stand in the way of what God had placed before him. Nehemiah said what? God called me here to come back and build the wall. I'm going to rebuild it. What could have taken such a long time to build, he rebuilds it in 52 days. He gives hope and worth to a lost people. He brought back what we have gone into so much here. He brought back identity to a people that have lost their identity. Through the hard work, there was a revival that poured into that land of Judah. 
there was what we would call a reformation all throughout the land of Judah, all throughout Jerusalem. Write this down. Have a conversation about this. Let's talk about this this week maybe. Here it is. Are we living in a time where the Lord may be pausing everything to bring about the greatest reformation of our time? Nehemiah went through it. So many generations have gone through it. And could it be that for our generation, the Lord paused and put everything on hold because he's going to bring forth the greatest reformation of our time. But in order to usher in the greatest reformation of our time, there needs to be what? Labors like Nehemiah that are going to rise up and say, take me to the harvest that is of the Lord's. He may just be doing this. He may just be reforming. We talk about the days of the Reformation. How about if it's a whole new Reformation day? He may just be reforming and putting the main things back to its proper order. Maybe there's a current day Reformation happening. Where have you noticed this? I'm going to pause away from the notes here. But if you notice now, all the churches are the same. What do I mean? We're all talking to a camera. We're all talking to the families that are on the other side of the screen. He's breaking through the, 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 the lines of, 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 of church uh, uh, divisions and bringing unity. And, and, and whether you're Methodist and Baptist or Pentecostal, Presbyterian, he says, away with all of that. And now we're all becoming one church online. It's almost as if he's bringing forth a, a reformation. It's a church to finally break through the divides that have happened in this land and to finally become this bride of Christ before the people. Things that I just feel in my heart, you know. He may just be reforming and putting things back in order, back in its proper place. Listen, because of Nehemiah's laboring, his harvest was plentiful. Here is some of what takes place in the people of Judah. As you read the book of Nehemiah, they begin to confess their sins. How beautiful would that be today? They begin to live in obedience. They, they return to, live, to go back and live in Jerusalem. They, their worship is reestablished. Nehemiah establishes various reforms. And what do we notice? Jerusalem is back in order. And what a time for these people when Nehemiah arrives. What a time. A breath in the person of Nehemiah. Also, what a time it was for the people of Israel around Jerusalem, Capernaum, and around the surrounding towns of the Sea of Galilee when Jesus would arrive into their villages. A fresh of breath air. And what a time for the people of today with the arrival of his church in this day. Here we are. A fresh of breath air. That we would be the comfort of the Lord unto others and that we would take this opportunity given to us To receive a great harvest. Amen. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 37. I repeat when Jesus says. The harvest truly is plentiful. But the laborers are few. What does this mean to us? There is a great harvest. And though the laborers have been few for way too long. It is time that the laborers become plenty as well. Filled with the Holy Spirit in boldness and power. Ready to usher in the greatest reformation of our time. He's bringing order in our lives so that we could have authority and to speak and to bring order in the lives of others. How would we ever be able to speak order into someone else's life when our lives are disorder, disorderly? So what is he doing? He's bringing order. 
So now we have authority to come into the lives of others and establish order in their lives. That we would establish the kingdom of heaven on earth in their lives. Back in order is what God is calling us to. I want to share this and eventually this is what I'm going to end with. And it's the book of Revelation, the chapter 19. And in the book of Revelation, as I get ready to end with this, it's, it's important because we read in this passage in Revelation, it's right after what is considered the fall of Great Babylon. And right after the fall of Great Babylon, John is taken and he is shown something very beautiful. In Revelation chapter 9, verse 1. Uh, sorry, forgive me. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 1. Listen to this. It says, After these things I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven. This is John being taken into this vision. And he's continuing on with what happens after the, great fall of of the fall of Great Babylon. After these things I heard a loud <clears throat> voice of a great multitude in heaven. And this is what he said, hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. Verse 2, chapter 19, book of Revelation. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he avenged on her blood of his servants shed by her. Again they said, hallelujah. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. Verse 4. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who sat on his throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. What a sight. What a sight this was. What a sight this is. Verse 5. Then a voice came from the throne. And it said, praise our God, all you, his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, as the sound of many thunderings. And they began to say, hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Verse 7. They say this, let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her, it was granted to the bride, to the wife of Christ. It was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Let's stop for a moment here. Because we're ending here. And I want us to think about this. Revelation 19 verses 1 through 8. As it comes to that end part right there. I can't stress this enough. And I can't rejoice in this enough. Listen. This is us. This is the church. This is his bride that it's speaking about here. What's happening? He's putting things in order. He's putting things in order in our very own lives. 
Why? What's the reason that you're allowing these things to happen? If we could just hear his voice saying, I'm putting things in order so that you would be ready for the harvest of many more that will enter this great relationship and this great marriage. In Revelation 19, when John is taken to this place, it's, it's the marriage. He's, he's about to see the marriage of the Lamb and His bride. It's the marriage between Christ and His beloved. And then He takes His eyes and His ears off the sight and off the sound. And He places His eyes and His ears, His eyes, His sight and His ears, His hearing on what is the bride of Christ, what is this woman. And look how He describes her. It's the marriage. It's the marriage of the Lamb. She's made herself ready. She's been arrayed with fine linen. She's clean and she's bright. And her fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And I say, church, this is you. This is me. This is us. This is the church. And the Lord is preparing us for such a time. There is a harvest and so many more need to be prepared for this great wedding day. But he's putting things back in order. Marriage supper of the Lamb, the marriage of the Lamb and His bride. And then he goes on in verse 11. And he says this. Here's John. And he sees all of this. And then in verse 11 he says, Now I saw heaven open. Can you imagine that? Pause there for a second because this is it. He stops and he says, now I see heaven and heaven. Can you imagine just looking up to the heavens and all of heaven breaks open? And he says, and behold, a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges. In righteousness, he makes war. I could stop there and I could talk so much about the righteousness of Christ even in the midst of COVID-19. In the midst of a virus, His righteousness judges and makes war. His righteousness is still working. Verse 12, as John is taken to this beautiful scene, in verse 12 it says, His eyes were like a flame of fire and on His head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. Many crowns. I'm hoping that one of the crowns, right, that I put at his feet is he picks it up and he puts it on his head. On his head are many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. Can you imagine being God that you have something written upon yourself that no one knows what it says but you? Verse 13 says he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies in heaven were clothed in fine linen they were white and clean and they followed him on white horses and now verse 15 out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. 
Verse 16, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What a beautiful ending. And I can say this to you today as I say back in order. He is still working. He is still accomplishing. He is still involved. Not only is he involved, but he now has involved you and I. He's involved us. And these days are coming. The days of Revelation chapter 19 are coming. Sooner than we, than we may even think. But for the time being, he's bringing order. And I end with this. I say, arise. Arise, comforters of this earth. Arise, laborers of, this field, of the field. Arise, reapers of his great harvest. Our Lord, our God, his purposes will be accomplished. His people will rise up and we will see the glory of the Lord upon this land. Arise and take in the harvest of the Lord. He's bringing us to a place to put everything back in order so that we would arise and that we would be the ones that take in the harvest that is on the field. Come on, I want you to join me real quick in prayer there. You can just close your eyes there. Just, just meditate there for a moment and just, just come before the presence of the Lord. Lord, I, I thank you for this moment together with all of those that are, that are watching online. Lord, as many of us are there in our very own rooms, in our very own living rooms, we know that there's people that we love that are also watching the same thing that we're watching in their homes. And Lord, together you're calling us all. Together you're doing a beautiful work. Together, Lord, you're bringing things back in order. Because, Lord, there is a harvest. And you are the Lord of the harvest. And you're calling the laborers to arise. There's a great day that is waiting every single one of us. There's a great marriage. There's a day, Lord, where you will return. But, Lord, as we await that moment in those days, Lord, we... We're here and we recognize that your return is here in our lives right now. Your presence is here right now alive with us, with our families. And you're, you're truly just sharpening and bringing things to where they need to be. So that we could be, when those doors open, the laborers, the people, the Nehemiahs, the Jesus on this land, to those that are needy, broken, the good Samaritans on this land to give hope to those that are hopeless. So Lord, I pray for every person praying right now that Lord, maybe they don't go to church, maybe they're watching us and, and right now in their hearts, they're feeling their heart, maybe it's pounding, maybe they feel like crying, maybe they, they're feeling some sort of emotion right now. But Lord, I pray that you would speak deep into their spirit and that they would know that you're bringing things in order into their lives. Because you're reaching them, you're loving them, and you're calling them right there where they're at. Lord, I pray for the rest of the church that's watching, Lord. I pray that you would strengthen their hearts and strengthen their minds and 
give hope. Give hope. Let them rise up. Let them recognize, Lord, I, 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 I live in this time that I'm in and I, and I thank you and, I, and I'm opened up for you putting all these things back to where they need to be. And I pray that you would lift me up, my family up, to be the people you call us to be. What a beautiful time. What a beautiful moment. Great day of a mighty reformation over this land. And Lord, if I am part of the great reformation that you're going to bring forth on this land, Lord, all I can say is, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. Send me. Lord, we love you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. If you're right there with your eyes closed and maybe someone shared this with you, maybe you just happened to click on right there where you're at with your eyes closed or if you're looking at the screen, I want you just to say if that's you and your heart is beating, you know you need God in your life, just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash my sins. Heal me. I give my life to you completely. I lose control of my life so that you could have full control. Don't just be my Savior, but be Lord of all of my life. Govern and Lord all of me. Let my life, my family going forward never be the same. I receive you as my King, as my Lord, as my Savior on this day. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, if you're part of Nest Church or if you just prayed that, if you could just look at me for a moment. I just want to share something and, and this is what we'll do. I'm gonna, we just prayed and we closed off and the worship team will just sing a song and then we'll just shut down. So this is pretty much our goodbye. But, but I want us to be encouraged during this time that we're in and and really find strength because the Lord is speaking to us a word. A, you know, the, the word is the, the, the prophetic voice of today. That, that book that God is calling us to open, read it, study it, it's the prophetic voice of the Lord today. It's, it's speaking so heavily today. God's voice is speaking deep into our spirits even today. Be attentive to it. And listen to what he's saying. I believe these words are not just words to encourage you, to, to fool you, to believe, hey, things are going to get better. But to strengthen you, say, heaven's speaking today. God is speaking. And he's calling the church for a specific thing in a specific moment. And I believe we're entering it. Be encouraged with that. Take this time and continue to allow him, as we've been sharing these last two weeks, to put things in its right place, in order in your life, in your family, and in all the details of your lives. I want to go ahead and encourage all of you to pay attention to our text messages as we have Bible studies, as we have these digital link-ups, gatherings where we're going to be talking to one another. Soon I'm going to be starting to do something that you're going to be hearing about. and Just be paying attention. There's going to be a lot of cool things coming up. Remember that when we end now, to get with your kids, Click on the gather tab on our, on our app and do that study and do have church with your kids as you click on that, as we're offering that to all the kids from our church. And maybe even if you don't have kids from our church, share this to someone, share the app with someone. But one of the great things that you could do as well is 
If you're hearing this right now live or maybe you'll hear this later in a week or so, continue to share this message. You could share and share this link and pass it on to everyone, post it, and encourage people during this season that they're in. Man, that the Lord of the harvest is calling them to rise up, to have faith that though all things are closed and shut down and all that, heaven's not. God's not done. So feel free to, to share it to everyone. Remember to not deny and neglect the giving. Um, let's continue to go forward. Beautiful things ahead. Pay attention to our announcements. We love you all. We miss, I miss, we miss all of us. We miss each other. Continue to call each other, FaceTime each other. Talk to one another. Continue to grow together during these times as we're not gathering. Strengthen each other. Pray with each other. We love you, church. We love all of you that are watching. If you said that prayer and you accepted Jesus in your life, please go ahead and find me. You can find our church page. Write to us. Email us at info at Nest Church. Say, hey, on this day I said the prayer. Christ came into my life. I would love to call you personally and just have a conversation with you and just encourage you and celebrate with you. But make sure you let us know if you've prayed that and you've committed your life to the Lord. We love you all. Remember that you're loved. Go in faith, in the strength, the boldness, and in the peace of the Lord. Let's call the worship team to come up here. And as we sing a song, no one else is going to come up and close off in prayer. We're just going to stop. So maybe right there where you're at, just finishing this song. Finishing this moment of prayer and, and in worship. And, um, and then from there, you could go on with your kids. God bless you guys. Have an awesome rest of the week. I'll see you guys soon on our digital gatherings. Bless you.